Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born in the of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Amen. Morning, everyone. Merry Christmas to you all. It's wonderful to see you here. My name is Jared. I'm the pastor here, and it's my privilege to open up God's Word this morning and preach it to us. Please join me as we pray. Father in heaven, thank you for your grace in sending the Lord Jesus to come to this earth. Thank you for pouring out your spirit. Please help us now to understand what it is you are saying to us in your word. Please help me to speak clearly and in a way that's faithful to you and understandable. And, and I pray, Lord, that you would uh, put before us the amazing truth of, of new birth on offer in the Lord Jesus. We pray this in his precious name. Amen. I love Christmas time. It's my favorite time of the year. Um, and it's, it's a wonderful time where we reflect on Jesus, who is God himself, coming to be born on this earth, uh, walking around in the creation that he made. He was, he was born in a manger, 
Uh, he, well, he wasn't born in the manger, but he was put in the manger, um, wrapped in swaddling cloths. There were animals, there were shepherds, there were wise men, there were uh, Mary and Joseph and the angels. And it's a really amazing time where we see God's love for us in that he showed up for us. He came to this earth and he came to save us. Now, it's Christmas Day today, in case you hadn't noticed. I, I'm sure you have because you're here. Um, and we, we reflect on the truth of Jesus' birth today. Um, how he was born um, into this world. But we don't only reflect on on the truth that Jesus was born today, we reflect on the truth that he came to save. And Jesus was born so that we can be born again. Now, I'd never seen a birth before I witnessed um, my eldest daughter, um, well, my only daughter, my eldest, Florence's birth. Um, And so to help us get in the mindset of like thinking about births, I thought we could all watch a birthing video. So, Jen, if you could please press play on the video, that'd be great. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I I could never do that to you. I definitely couldn't do it to me. just for, for the people who may be listening to this on the podcast, I just showed a, got Jen to show a video of a buffering circle. Uh, there was, there was, I'm never going to show a birthing video in church. Um, but jokes aside, uh, we are going to be talking about birth today. In particular, how Jesus was born to give us second birth. He was born so that we could be born again. And we'll be looking at that text in John that my dad read out a moment ago, where Jesus told a well-to-do religious man, what salvation is all about, being born again. So we start with the situation. We must be born again. Today's text begins with a man named Nicodemus. Now, Nicodemus was a part of the well-respected Jewish religious elite. Uh, He was a member of the Sanhedrin, the Jewish ruling council. He was high up in the religious world. And he was of the Pharisees, a Jewish sect, zealous for outwardly keeping the law, ticking the boxes. The Pharisees believed that they were righteous. Uh, They believed that they were good uh, because of a couple reasons. One, because they were Jews, they're part of God's Old Testament people. And secondly, because they outwardly followed the letter of the law. But Jesus often rebuked the Pharisees for their hypocrisy. They often didn't practice what they preached. And Jesus called them out for that regularly. So Nicodemus comes to Jesus. We're told that he comes at night presumably because he didn't want to be seen. And he comes to Jesus under the cover of darkness. And that darkness points to the spiritual darkness in Nicodemus's heart. Here was a ruler of the Jews, a Pharisee, part of the religious elite, hiding out in the darkness. And he, he, he recognized that Jesus is from God because of the signs Jesus did. Uh, Jesus did many miracles and lots of people liked to see the miracles. And lots of people recognized that Jesus was, was powerful and from God because of the signs. But that can't save a person. If it did, then what Jesus says to Nicodemus would make no sense. Have a look at what Jesus says to him. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Jesus doesn't say, well done, you've, you've cracked it by recognizing the signs point that I'm from God. No, he says you need to be born again. So Nicodemus uh, scratches his head, starts thinking about this and, and, and thinks, well, how can a man be born when he's old? 
does he go back into his mum's tummy and then is born again? He's missed the point, hasn't he? Jesus isn't talking about physical birth. He's not, he's, he's not it, like, like the birthing video reference we made just a moment ago. That's, 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 that's not, not right. Nicodemus is thinking of physical birth when really Jesus is saying we need a spiritual birth. We need to be born again. Nicodemus has been struggling to wrap his head around that. How can this happen? How can anyone be born again? And Jesus makes it clear that being born again is to be born of water and of the spirit. Uh, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which born of the spirit is spirit. Jesus isn't saying that we all need to go back into our mummy's tummies to be born again, uh, like Nicodemus thought. No, he's saying we need a spiritual rebirth. Each and every one of us individually needs to be born again. And a new birth that corresponds to promises that God made hundreds of years before Jesus walked the earth. In these promises, God said that he would cleanse us from all our uncleannesses. That corresponds to being born of water. And that he would give us his spirit and a spiritual heart transplant, being born of the spirit taking away our cold, dead hearts of stone and giving us beating, pumping hearts of flesh. This isn't about physical birth, but spiritual birth. And even a man like Nicodemus, who for the most part would have looked okay on the outside, part of the religious elite, well-to-do, outwardly looking like he was following the law, but inwardly wasting away. Even he was in the dark. He needed to be born again. Jesus tells him so. He, Nicodemus, needed to be born again. And so do we. Jesus says, without being born again, we can neither see, he says that in verse 3, nor enter the kingdom of God. And this is of utmost importance. Jesus makes it plain here that whether or not we've been born again uh, will, will, determines whether we can see or enter the kingdom of God. It determines where we spend forever. At the end of time, when God judges the world, only those who have been born again will go to enjoy eternal life with him. Why? Why is that? Well, naturally, we all find ourselves in spiritual darkness, needing to be brought into the light. Just like Nicodemus was in the dark, we too are in the dark. And we find ourselves in spiritual death, needing to be born again to new life. Uh, the spiritual darkness is because of our rebellion against God. And irrespective of whether we are the well-to-do religious elite types like Nicodemus or all-out worldly types like others, by nature, we're in the dark, all in the same boat there, destined for God's judgment. And do you notice some of the things that Jesus says? Not only do we find ourselves in the darkness, but we actually love the darkness because we feel like it's safe to hide there. But Jesus, the light of the world, coming to earth, exposes our darkness. And when he returns, everything will be revealed. All the wrong that we've thought, said and done, brought out into the open. The things we don't want anyone else to know, brought into the light, before the perfect holy God. I know for me, that's a terrifying thought. And if we're honest with ourselves, we can see that it's, it's not hard to see why we need to be cleansed and why we need to be made new by being born again. Jesus tells Nicodemus not to marvel at him saying, you must be born again. And the you Jesus uses is plural. 
you must be born again. Nicodemus, the Pharisees, the Jews, the Gentiles, all of us, we must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes you see its effects, but you don't know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Wind and Spirit are the same word in the original. Those who are born of the Spirit do what the Spirit leads them to do. The effects of His work in their lives are visible to everyone. But those who haven't been born again don't know where those changes have come from, nor where those the, the, they're going. They don't know where those born of the Spirit are heading. Nicodemus is still not getting it, um, and he asks Jesus, how can these things be? To which Jesus asks, are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? You see, these truths about needing to be saved, needing to be made new, needing to be born again, needing to be cleansed, needing to have God's Spirit in us, God's been saying to his people again and again in his word. He's communicated this to us over millennia. Nicodemus, this person who's supposed to be super well trained in what God has said, has missed these truths. He hasn't comprehended even earthly things. So how can he possibly comprehend heavenly things? And by nature, we find ourselves in the same place as Nicodemus. Jesus is uniquely placed to speak about these heavenly realities, these eternal realities. And we think about, well, why, why is that? Well, we celebrate Christmas, and, and it's a time where we remember that God himself came to earth. And who, who, who else can tell us things about heaven and forever other than God himself? God himself come to this earth to reveal himself. So Jesus has unique uh, ability alone to speak about these things. He's the one who can tell us what it's all about. Now, Jesus uses the title Son of Man to refer to himself, um, which, which is a title that comes up in the Bible a lot, um, captures how he's both fully God and fully man. Um, and, and he says that he came down to earth uh, that he might be lifted up. So he came down that he might be lifted up. Uh, and that lifting up refers to him dying on the cross. Jesus was lifted up so that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Jesus makes reference to a thing that happens in the Old Testament with Moses and a serpent there. So in the Old Testament, there were a number of prophets who spoke God's words to the people. That's what they did. Um, and one of these prophets was called Moses. Under God, he led the people of, of Israel out of slavery in Egypt. The people spent 40 years in the wilderness uh, before God brought them into the promised land. And during their times in the wilderness the people often grumbled and complained against Moses. But in grumbling and complaining against Moses, ultimately they were grumbling and complaining against God. They cried out, uh, wanting to have been left in Egypt in slavery. Uh, that happens so countless times. Why couldn't we have just been left in Egypt? Why, why did you bring us out here to kill us, to die in the wilderness? And they spoke against God and rejected him. Then the Lord sends fiery serpents among them uh, that bit the people and many of them died. So that's an act of judgment. And then some of the other people came to Moses and they said, we've sinned. We've messed up. We've rebelled against God. Um, we've, we've spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he'll take away these serpents from us, these fiery serpents. Now, I don't have 
too much of an issue with snakes. They don't scare me all that much. But fiery snakes, that sounds pretty scary, that you die when they bite you. The Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole that everyone who is bitten when he sees it shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on a pole. And if a serpent bit anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and live. In this account, the people of Israel were spared from physical death by looking upon the bronze serpent. So they were bitten by serpents that had come because of their sin. And then they would look to a serpent on a pole. And by looking at that serpent, they would be freed from that death sentence. With Jesus, salvation from spiritual death to eternal life is on offer for those who look upon Jesus on the cross and believe in him, trusting him as saviour and Lord. Why use the image of a serpent here? It seems like quite a strange thing for Jesus to use to, to, to compare himself on the cross to, to the, the serpent on a pole. The serpent is an image of evil and sin. The people of Israel sinned and God sent fiery serpents and looking upon the bronze serpent saved them from physical death. We've all sinned and deserve God's judgment. But the amazing truth is that Jesus took that sin upon himself on the cross and put it to death for all who believe in him. So why have the image of, of, a, of a serpent? Well, because Jesus on the cross takes our sin in our place. You see, we, we all mess up. We, we deserve God's judgment. Like the people of Israel, we're under a sentence of death. But this isn't just a, a physical death here and now. It's an eternal condemnation that we deserve. But Jesus took that on the cross for all who believe in him. So you look to Jesus on the cross and you see the most amazing thing ever, that God loves us so deeply that he would come and that Jesus would die in our place. And that comes in the context of this, this, this message about needing to be born again, needing to be born again. So we find ourselves in this situation like Nicodemus, needing to be born again. But it's not something we can earn for ourselves. Um, when my kids were born, the kids weren't the ones doing the pushing. The Holy Spirit gives new life in order for us to be saved. New birth is not something that we can earn. It's something that to be gratefully received. It's a gift. Christmas is often a time where we give and receive gifts. Today, we have before us the greatest gift ever given the Lord Jesus Christ and salvation, which is found al alone in him. So the question is, will you receive the free gift of new life, new birth in Jesus? And how do we receive this gift? Well, it all hinges on the response to the Lord Jesus Christ. It hinges on whether we turn to Jesus and believe in him. Naturally, we, we aren't neutral. Uh, verse 18 tells us that whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And that's where we all are by nature. Not, not naturally neutral. And in 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. You see, naturally we're destined for perishing but it's only because Jesus came and took that perishing in our place that we can be free from it 
and enjoy eternal life in him. There is hope. Christmas is a hopeful time where we remember that Jesus has come. We aren't restricted to where we are by nature because Jesus came. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world through him, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Jesus came to save. Turn to him today. Trust him as saviour. Uh, the Bible, Jesus preaches these words of repent and believe, of turn away from living life our way, you know, then the way that we naturally all go, and turn to Jesus and trust him as saviour. And when you think about Jesus leaving heaven, the, the glory he'd been in forever, to come to this earth that he'd made, what amazing love that is to do that. Then he comes and he lives that life that we couldn't live perfectly. We mess up all the time, but Jesus never once messed up. He went through the hardships and the trials, but he never did the wrong thing. And then he went to the cross. He went to the cross in place of sinners like you and like me. And he did that because of his love. And he did that, that we can be set free from the death sentence that we deserve because he took it in our place. And then he rose powerfully from the dead. Uh, Jesus isn't in a tomb somewhere. He's at the right hand of God, reigning forever. And he rules both now and forever. You see, we've been talking not only uh, about Jesus' birth today, but our own new birth. There's a song, uh, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, which we're going to sing soon. And in that song, I, I love that carol. Uh, in that carol, these words are there. Uh, he was born to raise the sons of earth born to give them second birth. It hinges on our response to the Lord Jesus, where we spend forever. Um, ultimately, God will one day judge the world. We're all going to stand before him as he judges the world. And what makes the difference isn't, oh, I was an all right bloke or I was a really bad bloke. We're all in the same boat. We've all messed up. None of us could meet God's perfect standard. No, what makes the difference is our response to the Lord Jesus Christ and him alone. Are we in the Lord Jesus Christ? Are we united to him, belonging to him? Have we been born again or are we separate from him and under his judgment? Today can be your spiritual birthday if you come to Jesus and put your trust in him. You could be born again right now. Don't reject the most amazing gift on offer ever of life in the Lord Jesus Christ. Life that lasts forever. You see, we're all going to die. Um, we all know that. I once said that in, a, I think it was a kid's talk or something. And then one of the, the dads came up to me afterwards. He was like, so my son's been talking to me a lot about death because um, of what you said in that talk. But it's a fact of life, isn't it? We're all, we're all going to die. You know, we, we, we come to the end of our lives and we die, and we go, and we stand before God, and He judges, and you think, standing before a human court, if they knew all of the stuff that I'd done, you know, would be terrifying, but standing before the perfect God Himself, in His blazing perfection, now that's really terrifying. The only way we can be standing right before that God is if we're standing in the Lord Jesus Christ, if we've been born again, spiritually made new. That's not something we can earn. That's not something we can do for ourselves. No, that's a gift that we need to receive from Jesus.
How do you receive that gift? Well, come to Jesus with open hands, ready to receive the gift that he's offering you. It's not something like we, we, we do enough or whatever. No, Jesus has done it all. He said on the cross, it's finished when he died. He has paid the price for our sin. And so we come to him and we greatly, gratefully receive the free gift of salvation that he alone offers. If you want to do that today, I ask you to, to join me in prayer in a moment. And I also ask you to come and see me afterwards. I'd love to talk to you a bit more about, um, about Jesus and about the gift of salvation that's found only in him. So you don't have to bolt, even though there's no morning tea. <laughs> um, but just, just would, would, this is the most important thing ever. How we, how we, uh, where we're going to spend eternity. And it all hinges on the Lord Jesus. And when you think about that and you think, we all celebrate Christmas. It's everywhere, you know. There's, um, there's trees and all the rest of it. But what's Christmas really about? Christmas is about God himself come to earth that he might rescue his people and give them new birth. Jesus was born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. So come to Jesus today. Trust him, believe in him, find salvation in him, receive that gift and be born again. Please pray with me. Father in heaven, we come before you. Uh, we, Lord, are, are sinners, we confess. We mess up. We, we so often do things our own way. And the thought of standing before you uh, is terrifying to us as we, as we think about uh, standing on our own account. Lord, we thank you so much that you sent Jesus to come to this earth, to be born. And we celebrate that, Lord. And that you came, Lord Jesus, and that you laid down your life on the cross in our place. Thank you, Jesus, that you took our sin on yourself, that we don't have to pay the debt that we owe to God. And thank you, Jesus, for giving us your righteousness. Lord, we confess that we're sinners. We trust you for our salvation. And we ask that you would make each and every one of us to be born again to the living hope in the Lord Jesus that lasts forever. And we pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.